are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. The best place to kick off this series is at the very core of who we are. Family is Christ-centered, spirit-led. For we must have Jesus in the center of everything. For the Bible says in Mark 12, 30, that you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Jesus was approached by some Sadducees who tried to trick him into making a statement about not paying taxes to the Romans. But Jesus saw through this ploy and silenced them. The Pharisees were so delighted that Jesus shut, shut down the Sadducees. In fact, the Greek word is that Jesus muzzled or gagged his opponents. The Pharisees then decided to stump Jesus. And one of the Pharisees, as a teacher of the Mosaic Law, asked Jesus another question, tempting him. The Greek word here was parazone, which can be translated to trying to test or tempting, the key word being trying. Yet the answer that Jesus spoke is an answer that today will make the demons tremble in, their, in fear. Have you ever tried to do something that really is physically impossible? And you become to that place of frustrated. You know, I, I, I know as a husband, my wife says to me, uh, you know, often, are you okay? I'm just like, I'm frustrated. I'm trying to do something. I'm pushing the ball. I'm trying to go to the, to, the, to the end zone to be able to spike the ball. But I just got so much opposition that I'm not able to do it. You know, I remember one of those times. I remember uh, Mackenzie was, uh, we found out that Mackenzie was, uh, 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 was uh, Cindy was pregnant with Mackenzie. And within about a month, uh, I come home from work one day, and Cindy's got all these boxes from Sears all over the place. And she says to me, okay, honey, we're going to do the nursery. Here's some tools. Put together the, the, all the stuff. Now, most of you who know me here, I'm not a tool-savvy guy. You know, I may have tools, but having them and knowing how to use them are two completely different things. So I look at them, and I open up them, and, and I realize that the smallest project was a little baby dresser. I said, I'm going to start with that dresser. So I look, and I read the instructions, and I follow it meticulously. And as I finished... I realized that the drawers wouldn't go in. I'm like, what is wrong? Why won't these drawers go in? And as I'm looking, I realize there's this big stick that's blocking the drawers from going in there. I'm like, they made this wrong. They put a stick there. So Cindy, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how this works, and Cindy comes in, she says, honey, you got it backwards. The stick is to stop the drawers from going all the way through. It's like, oh, okay. So we flipped it around. It's like, okay, we got a dresser right on. So then I, the, next, the next smallest thing was a baby changing table. So I took the baby changing table and I put it together and man, I did a good job, but one problem. When I finished, I realized that when they give you all this pre-cut, pre-drilled stuff, they forgot one hole. So I went and got my drill and I drilled out a hole to be able to put the last screw in when I realized that I had that upside down and there was a hole on the other side. So as I flipped that around, it was no big deal. There was just a whole bunch of sharp, jaded edges on the side of our baby changing table. But uh, Mackenzie made it. It was all right. The third thing was the crib. And there was a thousand parts in that one. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. I couldn't get the change table or the dresser right. And now i got a thousand-part crib. 
So I, I asked my dad to come over and fly in from Ontario and help me, and he put it together, and I passed him the wrenches. Have you ever felt that way with your walk with Christ? See, I look at this scripture, and I wonder, this one commandment, never mind all the other ones, but this one commandment to love the Lord your God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength, is it physically possible? In the natural state of man, it is impossible. There's no greater evidence of the inability of man to obey God's law than this one commandment. We are to love God with everything, give him everything, yet I find in my own life that sometimes, sometimes my heart fails me. Sometimes my soul, my soul's my emotions. Sometimes my emotions get in my, into the way and I allow my emotions to make my decisions. And I fail in my soul. My mind we know the mind is a battlefield, and sometimes my mind will wander, or something will happen. It's kind of like, Lord, I, I let you down in my mind. My strength, you know what? My strength, sometimes, man, I can just feel like I'm, I can move mountains in the spirit. But other times, I feel so insignificant. I'm like, Lord, how can I do this? Jesus tried to teach the Pharisees who proclaimed that they kept the laws. You know, take a look at the, the rich young ruler. He comes before Jesus and says, you know what? What do I need to do to be able to, to, be able to walk with you? And he says, what you need to do is, and he sort of starts to get in the law. He goes, I've followed all those since I was young. I am ready. I've done it all. And then Jesus says, well, there's one more thing you have to do. Go and sell everything. And then come and follow me. The rich ruler walked away discouraged. Jesus was trying to get the Pharisees to remind them of their inability to keep the laws of God. He was trying to get them to see their utter spiritual bankruptcy and their need for a Savior. James 2, 10 to 11 says, For the person who keeps all the laws except one is as guilty as a person who has broken all of the laws. For the same God who said you must not commit adultery also said you must not commit murder. So if you murder someone but not, do not commit adultery, you've still broken the law. For all have sinned and fallen short of his glorious standard. But, th- uh, but to this, I can step into grace and declare I'm a new creation. Bought with a price, spared from eternal separation from our Heavenly Father. For without the cleansing of sin that he provides and the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit who lives in the hearts and the redeemed, loving God to any degree is absolutely impossible. But yet as Christians, we've been cleansed from sin uh, uh, and we do have the Spirit so we are able to be able to stand in that place where we love God the way that we need to love God. How do we do that? We need to become desperate. See, Mark 9, 24, uh, it's, it's a story about a man, a father, who had a son, and the son was demonically possessed by demons. And let's read, starting in verse 22, it says, uh, he replied, the spirit often throws him into a fire into, or into water trying to kill him. Have mercy on us uh, and help us if you can. Jesus replied, what do you mean if I can? Anything is possible if a person believes. And the father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me to overcome my unbelief. You know, I think there's times in our lives 
where we can walk and say, yeah, I believe God, I believe the word, but do we believe? When all of a sudden we get a report from the doctor, when all of a sudden one of our children go to that place that we're, we know as a parent is wrong, when all of a sudden something happens that causes our world to tip and turn upside down, what is your, what is your foundation? Is it that place where it's like, God, I trust you? And although this is a very difficult time, Lord, I give you everything and I know that you are Lord of my life. Or do we go to that place of worry? Do we go to that place of fear? Do we go to that place of anxiety? We need to ask for help in the areas that we've not yielded yet uh, in our lives and declare, Lord, I need help with all of it. I need help with my heart. I need help with my soul. I need help with my mind. I need help with strength. This sets us up again for that adventure. For it's difficult to love someone you don't know. Getting to know God needs to become our first priority. Yet we need to know him on four different levels. Level number one is the level of the heart. In the Greek, it's cardia, the seat, the center of a spiritual life. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. How do we do that? How do we express love to the creator of the universe? What do we have that could possibly be any value to him? Is it singing songs? Is it singing hymns? Is it serving the poor? What makes him lean closer to receive love from us? For we know that God is a giver, for he gave us everything. See, God gave us his son. He gave us his only son to be able to die on the cross for us to be able to have access to the very throne room of God, to be able to take us to that place where we say, God, I understand you are the Lord of my life. God, you truly are everything. So what can we give God? How can we show him love? You know what? We take a look throughout the scriptures and we see some pretty neat things. What about the, the little kid with the, with the five loaves and, and, and two fish? And he walks up and he says, Jesus, have my lunch. What, what about the guy who donated the tomb when Jesus died for his burial? What about, what about the woman who took the perfume that was just the disciples were so disgusted with this because it, it cost a lot of money and that could have fed the poor for at least a week. But she broke that and wept and washed Jesus' feet, preparing him for his burial. See, none of those, none of those acts were Jewish law. None of those acts were, were something that they had to do, but they gave because they loved. They gave because they chose to give. Why do we give? You know, Hayward was talking this morning about giving. And that's just, that's just one way. You know what? To, why, why do we give when the offering plate comes around? Do we give because it's fear? I better give 10% or I'm going to walk under a curse? That's not true. Do we give out of obligation? Or do we give because it's like, God, I love you and I want to be obedient to you. And God, I gladly give. Why do we serve in, 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 in the church? You know, Pastor Cynthia is always up saying, you know what, we need children's ministry people, we need nursery people, we need this and we need that. And it's kind of like, oh man, I have three kids of my own, never mind looking after 50 kids. No, thank you. Are we doing it for Pastor Cynthia? 
Are we doing it because there's a hole there that needs to be filled? Or are we doing it out of that heart that just says, Jesus, I want to serve you. And if this is one area that I can serve you, then God, sign me up. And I'm going to go, I'm going to work hard, and I'm going to give you my best, Lord. Again, remember I was talking about the rich young ruler? I think that when we read that story of the rich young ruler, we can feel bad for the guy. You know, here's a guy who just, I want to follow you, Jesus. I want to do what you want me to do, Lord. And the Lord tells him some stuff. He says, yes, I've been doing that. I've been doing that. I'm a shoe-in. I'm going to win. And all of a sudden, Jesus says, oh, there's just one more thing. Sell everything. Sell your house. Give away all your money. Take it all and sell it and give it to the poor. He had a lot. And we feel bad for him because all of a sudden we put ourselves in that place. What if the Lord told me to give it all away? Would I be able to do it? Well, I, I don't know if I could. Well, I, got, I got a family, God. Lord, I've got obligations. Lord Jesus, how is this going to look? But what we don't look at is the opportunity that the rich man and ruler lost out on. Do you know he could have walked on water? You know what? He could have been there when Jesus fed the 5,000 with the, with the loaves and the fishes. You know what? He could have sat at the master's feet night after night after night learning the secrets that he would teach the disciples. Walk in that place where it's just kind of like, Jesus, teach me. I think that far outweighs all the money in the world. To be able to experience, to be able to, his name might have been written in the book of life forever. Money is so temporal. Lord, I love you so much, God. The Lord, I want to do these things, not because I have to, but because, God, I choose to. I want to worship you, Lord, with everything I got. Those songs of worship, it's great singing the songs that we do, do this morning. But you know the Bible says that God inhabits the praise of his people? It's not what we sing up there. It's when a new song comes out of our spirit and we just start singing it out to the Lord. God, I want you. I need you. And you know, all these songs that we sing were birthed out of that place. But in somebody else's life. When there's that opportunity for spontaneous music, go to that place and just start singing out and just start worshiping Lord from the depths of who you are. If you've never done that before, get some instrumental worship. Throw it on at home. Grab the psalms. Start singing the psalms. And then see where the Lord takes you in this place where it's just like, God, you are everything. You know, that uh, I think it was Tim Hughes wrote that song, you know, you are, you're my everything, be my everything. And you, you, you listen to that song, and you just kind of sit back and say, that's a deep song. Like, you're my everything. You know, I, Lord, God of my waking, God of my sleeping, God of my working, God of my resting, you are my everything. Can I stand here and sing that honestly? Or God, are there areas of my heart that I haven't yielded to you? Again, like that father with a son who was possessed, Lord, help me, God, to be able to truly yield my heart to you where I can say, God, there is nothing in my life that is separating me from who you are, God. Love the Lord with all your soul. 
1 Timothy 6, 11 says, But you, Timothy, are a man of God, so run from all these evil things. Pursue righteousness and a godly life along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. When we pursue a life of righteousness, we're making a choice. Do you know emotions can fail you? They can trick you. And as a church, with this number one commandment being the center of who we are, we need to learn to walk in that place where we don't allow emotions to dictate our future. It's easy to be tricked. It's easy to wake up and stub your toe and say, it's going to be a bad day. But then all of a sudden with those words that you've spoke out, from the morning you've just cursed the entire day that you're walking in. Or all of a sudden something happens and our our immediate reaction is to cry or to get angry or just to run and hide and isolate. And we need to say, God, I give you my emotions, Lord. The Lord has given them to us. Jesus, was, was he ever sad? Jesus wept, the shortest verse in the Bible. I memorized that one, Michelle. Jesus rejoiced. Jesus, did he ever get angry? Yes. He turned the tables over. But everything that he did was all in line with what the word of God was doing, what the the Father, I only do what I see the Father do. And when we all of a sudden get in that place and we get angry and we feel that spirit of anger just rising up, it's kind of like, God, what do I do? Do you allow the lid to come off and just blow up so you can take it out on your wife? You can take it out on your kids? You can just come on in and let everybody know that dad's in a bad mood so you better stay out of my way? Or do we go to that place and we say, God, I need you, God. Lord, I'm desperate for you, God, because I don't want to speak something out of the emotions, God, that is going to cause hurt in my family going to cause a taint in my reputation, going to cause me to be able to stumble or be a stumbling block to somebody else. That's a big bill. Lord, I need to be desperate for you. God, I need to give you my emotions. I need to love you with my soul. The psyche in the Greek, the seat of the feelings, desires, the affection, the aversions. First Corinthians 13 says, which is the love chapter, it teaches us to willingly submit our emotions and our attitudes as an act of surrenderance to the Father. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of the angels but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all of knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others... I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my own body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. For love is patient. It's kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud. Rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. It keeps no records of wrong. It does not reject about, it does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices about whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith. It's always hopeful, and it endures through every circumstances. You know what? If you're in that place, and 
again, honestly, you're walking that life of perhaps bitterness. And it's just kind of like, well, you don't know what that person done to me. When you cry out this morning, help me, God. Because, Lord, I don't want to be bound up by this stuff anymore. I truly want to be free. If, 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 you're, if you find that you're a person who naturally tends to be that angry person, and you're that ticking time bomb just waiting, and it puts our, your spouse on that eggshell place, is he, is she in a good mood this morning? Because if not, I better be very quiet. Would you submit that over to God and say, God, help. Because if you're a member of this church, that is our core foundation. You know what? When we have people come up and say, you know what? I just can't let that go. I just can't be, I can't, I can't, be, I, I, I can't, I can't uh, love that person. I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just so upset. I'm just so angry for what they've done. Our response as leaders is going to be like, you know what? If you're going to fit in here, if you're going to be able to be who God has called us to be, if you want to be part, you've got to let it go. Because that is our core. That is who we are. This is who God is calling us to be. We need to love God with with all our mind. That everything we put in or allow in our minds is right, true, moral. That we align our conclusions and decisions based upon the commandments of God and the written word of God in all situations. You know what? This can be tough, can it? There's all kinds of books out there written about the battlefield of the mind. And, you know, I've read some of the books. I understand some of the, some of the principles. But you know what? The Lord is really blowing me away in this right now. Do you believe that every gift that God has given us is from the Lord? That everything that we have is God's? Then why do we have an imagination? Do you think God gave us an imagination so we can just in school, look out the window and just kind of daydream about of a better place? You think God gave us an imagination so we can go on the internet and fantasize about a, a world that is not real? You see, I'm reading this book right now, and it's by Dr. Carolyn Leaf. And... Um, you know, if you, if you want to get, uh, in fact, I've got 30 of them in my office. Uh, I, I should put them over, because I, I bought them all for the staff, and just to, like, it was just like, wow, this is amazing. Because for me, it was that light bulb moment. We, we read all these scriptures like, take captive every thought and make it subjective to Christ. Cast all your cares, all your anxiety upon him, for he cares for you. We know all these things, but do we really know what it means? And this Bible is written by this doctor who's a brain scientist who shows us the, the patterns of the brain and shows us how the brain works and what happens when, when that negativity, what happens to our brains when all of a sudden that happens. It releases cortisol, which causes, it releases a whole bunch of junk in our body and our body starts breaking down after a period of time because we've been walking in bitterness. And to see the link before that, and as you read it, it's kind of like, God, oh, 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 God, you are so smart, God. I'm just understanding this now. Lord, I never knew that the, the brain really worked the way that the word says. And you, you hear my heart here. It's not that you don't understand that the word works, but how, how it dovetails together the brain because we've been taught that when all of a sudden you, you understand something or you're a certain way, that that's just the way that we were born, that's the way that we are made, but yet the science is showing us right now that that's a myth, 
The brain can be rewired. The brain can go different places. And what you may have always gone to in the brain can completely change around the other way. You know that whole saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks? It's a lie. You can. Is the old dog willing to submit to the trainings and the teachings of the Lord? That's a completely different thing. That brain, you know what, when there's a hurt in your life and your brain keeps going there and it keeps going there and it keeps going there, it's going to cause your body to have sickness and break down. But the Lord shows us ways to rewire that brain, to be able to not go from what is old, but to be able to receive from what is new. What God calls, I am a new creation. It's amazing. You know what, um, Afterwards, if you want it, I think they're, they're 15 bucks, and if, when they're gone, I'll pick up some more. And uh, you can get them at Action Central if, you want, if you're a reader and you want to read that. It's absolutely fantastic. Let me read a little, a little clip from this, from this book. Reflecting is a biblical principle. If you look at Proverbs, you'll see that you're instructed to gain wisdom and meditate on knowledge until we understand. Uh, if, you're, if you're going to get out any toxic thinking jam... You need to think, understand, and apply the wisdom you gain. Thankfully, you have all the structures and psychological processes at your disposable to be able to do this. For neuroscience is for your benefit and to help you enjoy every day. This means no thought should ever be allowed to control you. Becoming more self-aware of negative thoughts should be your goal in this process. What about our strength? Love the Lord your God with all your strength. Truly, this is the jam or the peanut butter that puts it all together. For when we have the heart, the soul, the mind all in line, the strength is what focuses it and what launches it out. The strength is what, it's the action behind all the other three. Psalms 150 verse 6 says, Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. God, we need to press in and love you, giving you our all. But you know what? It happens in my life. You work, you come home, and immediately we just kick our feet up because we're tired. Just like, oh, man, I'm tired. I'm just so tired. I just can't do anything else. I'm just tired. And then the phone rings. And it's like, I don't want to answer the phone because it might be a problem. I'm tired. I just got nothing to give right now. What's the word say about that? Isaiah 41 says, Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Another word for wait is those who rest upon the Lord. Are you tired because you've been going at it on a physical realm? Are you spent because you've been working so hard in the physical? Yeah, you're tired, you're spent, you're done. It's a world of busyness. Man, I know what it's like to work 16, 18 hour days. It's hard. But yet we need to train our strength to say, God, you are my strength. And Lord, I trust you to be able to give me the strength that I need to be able to fulfill what you want me to do. And not just take a lackadaisical attitude and sit back and just say, you know what, I can't, God, because it's, it's not my job. You give it to somebody else. My friends, 
We will feel tired. We will feel spent. Press in. Like that father again, help me, Lord. Help me, God, to trust you. Help me, Lord, to wait upon you. Because, Lord, I need to be filled at this very moment. You know, some of these, some of you oil workers, I tell you, you work, you know, I, I was talking to one guy, and he worked, I think he told me 21 and 4. I'm like, 21 straight and 4 off? Man, those four days would be just completely sleeping. I bless you. I bless you. And I pray strength in your spirit right now. And whether it's on your drive out to CNRL or SO or wherever the Lord may take you, and you're just listening to your CD player, or you know what, even if you don't have that, or maybe you're not allowed in your company, I don't know. But you just take that moment just to, just as you're in the drive, just on your lunch break, just to say, God, I need you, God. Because, Lord, I'm on day 18, and I got three to go. And, Lord, I don't know if I can. And then you get home, and especially those guys, 21 and 4, who have a family. My God, I bless you. May the Lord give you a divine strength to be able to fill you so strong that in those four days off, it's a day where you can father. It's a day where you can be husband. It's days that you can just love on and build up your family because that's a tough place to be. May the Lord change your shift around in Jesus' name. But you know what? God has got you right now where you are. But it starts out with saying, help God. Because I can't change it in the natural. I can't do anything about it. I can't. Lord, my heart deceives me. Lord, my mind goes places I don't want it to, God. Lord, my emotions, God, I find they rule my body more than the Spirit rules my world. Lord, my strength, I'm just so weak because I have nothing left to give. Is that you this morning? Help, God. Help me, Lord, to be able to overcome. Help me, God, to get so desperate that, Lord, something changes in my life, God, where all of a sudden my, my, my whole countenance, my everything changes to, God, you are my God. And, Lord, in the supernatural, things are happening. Would you come, Gord? At Cold Lake Community Church, this is our core. It's our foundation. Lord, it's all about you. And today we truly want to love you with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, and with all our strength. May this not just be some scripture that we lose somewhere, but as we are a family, and family is Christ-centered, spirit-led, may we all embrace that very core that we need Christ in our heart first. We need him to be able to lead us. We need him to be able to guide us. We need him to be able to direct us. Would you stand?
wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. There are principalities at work to be able to tear you down, to be able to tear your family down, to be able to taint your work environment. But I believe the Lord is showing me right now that you are going to be an atmosphere changer. That you're going to step into that place. And when you step into that place, it's not going to be in a physical realm anymore, but it's going to be in a spiritual realm. Where when you step into that place, the whole atmosphere will say something is different because Christ is in you. And I can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. Amen. In Jesus' name. And if you're here this morning, and you're sitting there and you're like, you know what, God? I know that, Lord, there's a weakness in my heart. Because, Lord, I do things to me. See, is somebody watching? Look, 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 as I put my money into the tithe. Look, 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 as I go and I, and I help the old lady across the street. I'm getting points right now. And it's like, you know what? The motives are wrong. Our heart has to be pure. Where it's like, God, I truly give you everything. Or maybe he's showing you that it's that soul level. That there's been circumstances and situations that have tainted you. And you walk in that place where all of a sudden we allow those emotions. We, we, we lead our lives out of, that, that, out of bitterness, out of fear, out of anger. And the Lord's like, no more. No more. It's time to take a step of faith. And say, God, I don't want to live on a soulless realm, but Father, I give you my spirit in Jesus' name. May my spirit govern my entire body. I give it to you, Lord. Maybe it's that battlefield of the mind. Maybe you just find that you're just constantly being bombarded with thoughts, with understandings, with ideas. And like, God, I need to renew my mind this morning. God, I need to yield my mind this morning over to you because, Lord, I, you need to change something in there. You need to rewire it, God. Because, Lord, I find myself always going to the negative. I find that my mind is always just releasing that cortisol, which causes sickness because there's something in there. There's a root in there that I need to give over to you, God. Or maybe you're spent you're burnt out you're done and the Lord is just saying come you who are weary and I will give you rest come into my temple and I want to speak life into your very spirit bring refreshment and raise you up if that's you this morning one of those four would you just raise your hand and say pastor pray with me yeah all over this place You know what? We don't have enough altar workers to be able to pray with everybody this morning. So you know what? I just asked that maybe you put the hand on the shoulder of the person beside you. And let's just pray for one another. You know what? Don't ask them what they're struggling with. That's between them and God, and God knows. But just put your hand on the shoulder of the person right beside you and just start praying for them that the Lord would do what he's showing them right now in Jesus' name. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. 
Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Holy Community Church, a place where families come together.